It is Sunday, the 7th of November, as winter barrels along. The Chair Shop Podcast is back here in its usual Sunday. Sunday? Sunday night shot. Like, it's time to podcast. Sunday night slot, where you listen to the Chair Shop Podcast. I'm one of your hosts who can't speak. My name is Barry, apparently. And joined, as always, I am by... I'm talking like Yoda now. What is up with me tonight? <laughs> joined by Paul Griffin. Mm, good intro it was. <laughs> oh, uh, intro or not. Anyway. Oh, God. My brain's not working. <laughs> Why am I so frazzled? Also, this is Joe. Good evening, lads. Um, just sat here thinking about my lovely uh, sea salt and cedarwood candle uh, that I bought. Oh, earlier nice. in the week don't know if you lads like a candle i do i like uh i like those scents particularly they are as far as candles go they're very masculine scents yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm not what you want to get a flowery candle <laughs> well i have a twilight candle i bought in aldi and i don't know what smell it is oh yeah they burn those at the stratford end on match day yeah you know i've i've, I've heard that that's 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 i brought my effing candle Brought my twilight candle from Aldi. Yeah, if you're gonna get a candle, get one that smells of salt and wood. Yes, like a like a sailor would have had back in the day. Probably. Okay, I've looked it up here. Twilight glass jar candle from Aldi. It's featuring a blend of bergamot. Oh. Excuse me, that that's Pokemon, is it? Uh, lavender, musk, and patchouli. Bergamot would be a great Pokemon name for you. I don't even know what that means. Well, maybe in your in your more uh, burger. Bur- burger adorning days. <laughs> oh, burger. Yeah. Right, I, yeah. I had a burger today from Five Guys, and I had a burger from McDonald's oh, yesterday. Really? So maybe I am burger. Back to back burgers. Oh. Yeah. Oh, let me just t- jump straight into it. So the reason I had McDonald's yesterday was because on Friday I was at work and I got a, a, an urgent phone call. Uh-oh. From from Natalia, Paul, I need a McDonald's, so I <laughs> so I ordered I ordered one for her, but I turned down the uh, the possible. Well, mm, did I turn it down? I had a McFlurry. Okay, I said I, I you know I think I just had lunch or something. I was like, I'm not going to eat McDonald's. I'll, you know, order I'll order a McFlurry and just have that. So when Saturday rolled around, I said, right, I'm minus a McDonald's now. So. Let's order McDonald's. And then today, I was doing some Xmas shopping mm-hmm. uh, at the local shopping center. I won't say which one. Don't want to dox myself. All the fucking fans be knocking on me. <laughs> um, and I was shopping with my brother. I, I'll get into this, by the way. This is the most fantastic I, Christmas idea we've had in, in decades. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But we're doing some some shopping, and he stopped in for a Subway sandwich. And so as we continued shopping, I got hungry and I said, right, I'm going to have to stop at the five guys. And to be fair, I didn't. I just got a regular, a regular fries and, and a, a hamburger with just ketchup on. So it was a, it was a modest five guys as far as they go. But let, let me get to this idea, right? Hmm. So I don't know, for the last however many years, uh, usually for Christmas, my brother and I will get each other the new video game that's out. Right. Right. Because in that sense, I get him one, he gets me one, mm. and then we can swap them. 
Ah, yeah. So in a sense, each of us is getting two games for the price of one. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. So I don't remember what it was last year, but maybe the year before, something like Jedi Fall in Order for Outer Worlds or something. Do you know? So, but now we live in a world where you know my console, my my beautiful Xbox Series S, it doesn't have a disc drive in it. Yes. Uh, so it's not as easy to just buy a video game for someone. In fact, we were we were in Smith's today, and I saw that they had the um, the Xbox One version of Cyberpunk uh, for twenty four Europeans. And I said, That's not, not, even though that game was you know whatever state it was in when it was released, uh, twenty four euro to. And, and I'm sure then when the upgrade comes out, it'll be like ten euro for the upgraded version. Yeah. The next gen version. I was like, that's a, that's a damn good deal. I was thinking about it. And I said, oh, my console doesn't have a disk drive in it, <laughs> so I can't buy it. So what we've decided to do this year is throw back Christmas. Right? Mm. So we're, we're, we're treating it like Christmas 1997. And we're wow. getting each other presents that are either adjacent or directly uh, aligned to stuff we would have got off Santa in 1997 okay so it's just to make it a fun like there's nothing i want like you know we're we're at that age now where it's like we would have got we would have like neglected to get a game right uh so that the other one could buy it but now it's like well halo is on game pass gta san andreas is on game pass forza is on game pass like there's nothing he can get me like i'm getting all these for free anyway Mm. so i for instance Went on Etsy because we used to, what we used to do when we were kids is I used to read the Beano and he used to read the Dandy. Nice, okay. Beano for life, by the way. Of course, absolutely, yeah. I like the Dandy, but Big Beano, Beano is the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's Beano for life. Throw up the old uh, two Um So I got he. Now he was born in 1991, so I got him on Etsy a 1992 dandy annual that's a good gift that's what i'm talking about that's the kind of thing we're doing so it, 1992 it, it's, yeah so he wouldn't oh. he would never have had it because he was only one year yeah. old i think i have um, that i do have that one you very possibly do but um so lots of stuff of that ilk so like i i'm not literally well one of the toys it, one of the toys that i got is literally tat that he'll have no use for but it's like oh well this is what you would have got back then but i've tried to be a little bit clever for the other stuff to get him you know, things that he will enjoy now that are somehow related to our childhood. And um, and so that's what we're doing for Christmas this year. It's just to, just to change it up. Um, bit of fun. Yeah, a bit of fun. I think, so. that's, I think that's a nice idea. I know we're in this house, we're kind of struggling a little bit. I think I'm quite tough to buy for because I just tend to buy whatever myself. Buy whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give um, me one of every console, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think we're having like a smaller Christmas this year. But I think maybe next year, maybe we'll come up with an idea. Like that's, That sounds like a lot of fun. It does. Yeah. Can someone um, get me a copy of Goldeneye because I never played that on the N64. Goldeneye, I'll I'll post you my copy, Joe, if you want to play. It. <laughs> I'll, post to my, I'll post to my Nintendo as well. <laughs> I've got I the N64. Actually, I have an N64 at home. You do in my mom's house. Yeah, I have to figure out. Barry can advise me on how to plug it into a modern TV. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, I I have um, a HDMI adapter for the N64. Oh, yeah. I did. I did when I, I went to, when I went to hook up the the, the PS. Two gimmick, which I have been messing around with this week. Uh, I did notice that both my TVs have at least one old timey 
port on them. The one we have in the bedroom, which is like a hand-me-down from like Prona's parents, that actually has an, a straight-up skirt hookup to it. Um, the one we have in the living room, which is actually not ours, it's our landlord's, which is a shame because it's got loads of ports on the back of it. I'd love to take it yeah. with me when we leave. It has component and composite and HDMI. It has everything. So I think I think if you were to, I, I'm sure you could just knock it. I'm sure you could probably just plug it in. If you can't, mm-hmm. you, can, you can go on Amazon and, and uh, get a converter fairly. Well, the problem is the N64 didn't come with uh, even SCART cable or... or um not composite, but the component. Uh, the, the re- component. It came with an RF cable, same as the Super Nintendo. Oh, um, okay. Now the, the 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 useful thing was the trick was that the GameCube came with a SCART cable and had the same input into the console as the N sixty four. Right. So if you owned the GameCube, you can use that same, and I still use that to this day. That GameCube uh, cable I use for the N sixty four. That's handy. But but um. You can buy them online on Amazon for a fiver, I'm yeah. sure. The problem is, you know, because of the way that TVs are, are designed, is even if you have a HD TV or a flat screen TV with SCART inputs or whatever, it still won't look quite right yeah. compared to playing it on a CRT. Mm. But, um, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, any game that I have that you want, I can post it over to you for, for a lend. You can have a go. So we can bring like like a, a book club, you know, old old yeah. video game book club. <laughs> For oh. sure. Yeah, what I have is I have the um that cable, like I said, and I have that plugged into a little it plugs into a little box mm. that has a HDMI output that goes into the TV, and then there's a little USB cable to power it that power just it. goes into into the TV as well. Mm. And you can flick between 720p and 1080p. Still doesn't look it looks better than the the uh, the component cables themselves would look, but uh, it's it's still not what you remember, and it never will be because you know playing on CRTV, yeah, just you can't replicate that really. Um, but that's what we're doing for Christmas anyway, and it's going to be a bit of good crack. Um, got the parents' presents. Like last this time last year, I had all the Christmas shopping done already. I think I had it done by the end of September because I anticipated the COVID affecting the. Uh, the deliveries, right? The logistical side of things, uh, a bit slower this year, but uh, it's because I've been busy. I uh, I finally finished working at the place I'd been working for ten years and mm. twenty seven days. Wow. My 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 run came to an end. I wrote, of course, a funny last day email. Oh, here he comes. Oh, yeah. hey. Um. I took inspiration off a guy that I'd worked with who wrote a very heartfelt and very serious last day email. I was like, there's no way I can write better than this. So I have to, I got to write funny. Um, so I wrote stuff like, you know, hey, the rumors are true. <laughs> what you've been hearing on the grip fan, um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the one thing I was, I was, and I really, I was kind of like, not ups- upset about, but the one thing that I always, kind of wanted was and i'm sure you guys know about this is when someone on their last day in the office they get the yeah they get the applause as they walk out of the office for the final time and of course i'll never have that so i said given that i won't be getting the ceremonial applause i'd like for everyone to stand outside the front of their house at 4 p.m and applaud as i walk from my bedroom down to the kitchen um Ooh, tough crowd here. Uh, anyway, moving, <laughs> move, moving swiftly along. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, a little bit sad that I'm not working there anymore, but I start my new job tomorrow, uh, even though I've actually been doing it for about four weeks already. I officially started tomorrow. Hmm. Um, so I have to go through all the induction and all that nonsense and figure out the HR side of things. Am I supposed to clock in? What the, what am I doing? I still don't know. Like, I've I've gone through the emails that they've sent me, but I don't really have a lot of information <laughs> about what I'm supposed to be doing. I guess I'll be finding that, that out in the induction training, and I really... Yeah did not want to do the induction training while I wasn't working for them yet. I was like, well, I'm not, you're not paying me to do that just yet, lads. Um, but that starts tomorrow. I was doing a bit of clanging and banging in the week, by the way. Oh, uh, this is in, we're now in, in uh, November section of uh, sex vacation 2021. So I've been to the gym a few times. I'll probably go again tomorrow. I haven't booked that yet, but I, I might go tomorrow again. I've been lifting, lifting very light weights. <laughs> um, no, what I do is the gym is like two and a half kilometers away, so a mile, give or take. Mm. And I will like jog somewhat to the gym. I don't jog the whole way because it's I, the way I go is by the canal and the ground is pretty uneven. Don't I, I don't want to fall into the canal because it's dark as well by the time swim. I get to go. Swim, swim to the gym. Yeah, swim to the gym. That's true. <laughs> get there just all wet or go on the machines and piss everyone off um but i kind of jog somewhat walk somewhat but i I give myself like whether i'm running or jogging i give myself like 25 minutes to get there so i'm forced to jog and do some of it um when i get there i do 10 minutes on the bike machine and then i do the proper hour and a half whatever of like lifting weights and using like doing the machines and then i jog and walk home again (laughs) so I got a good, a good little, a good little work in. Yeah. Uh, of course, my arms are fucking killing me now. Um, but not only that, but I was also doing some work on my parents' kitchen. I was lifting up tiles for Jeez, them. Jeez, look Ooh. at this man about town, yeah. huh? I was. Uh, well, I got a, I got a power like power drill off one of my friends, so I was taking the tiles up with that. Then, as Pilkington <laughs> would, would, would have you know, there's a fair bit of grouting that's required. So oh, I yeah. take, oh, take yeah. off the uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, little. Yeah, yeah. Because they're they're having it retiled and they don't want to pay someone to do it, so they got me into it. But I, you have to, the, taking the tiles off is easy. It's getting the grout up. That's the hard bit. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have a little yeah, like yeah. chisel and mallet, and I'm going through that. Um, and what else do I have to talk about? Um, just the footy, Joe. Um, um it's bad again. Another disappointment. <laughs> Um, Manchester United were once again defeated this time by Man City I didn't actually watch the game live um, I, I recorded it and watched it later I don't know whether it was just the, the effect of not watching it at the time but I didn't find it quite as uh, inertly embarrassing as the uh, Liverpool game uh, I, I didn't watch it at all to be honest. you didn't watch it at all? Okay. No, I, well I put it on and they were 2-0 down <laughs> that'll do Ah, so yeah, I mean they were they were they were equally hapless. They did they we never looked like scoring, no. but um, I don't think Man City really had to get out of like second or third gear. Mm. Um, I saw a funny statistic though, which was that we had more shots on target against our own goalkeeper than against theirs. Which yeah. is not something I've ever seen in the game. Um, yeah, I mean I don't know what they're waiting for exactly with this manager. Um, maybe what's his name? Um. The old chairman. 
What's his fucking name? That twat. Uh, Woodward. One who sounds like Tony Blair. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, maybe he's, he's off soon, isn't he? I think in a few weeks. Yeah, at the end of the year, he's off. So maybe he doesn't want to have to sack another manager. He's already sacked three. And if yeah. you know the old saying, uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me four times, uh, I'm a twat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like that, isn't it? So. Yeah. It does feel like there's a bit of, you know, Solskjaer has a bit of a yo-yo reputation where things go bad for a while and then they'll turn around and then they'll go bad and then turn around. So maybe they're just waiting the wave to, to go out before it comes back in. Yeah. But, um... I don't like. I I don't even think it's reactionary to the to the recent form. Even though we went through it recently, where he's had, well, including the Spurs game now, three actual like proper victories this season out of however many games we played, fifteen. But you know, I just feel like he's taken the team as far as it can go, and it's just time for a change. And you now I I don't think it's even necessarily like he's rubbish. The form is rubbish. The players are are playing shite, which is all true, but. I just think it needs a fresh enough more than anything. And a manager to come in with some fresh ideas. Yeah. Um, maybe more of a modern manager. Like Solskjaer seems to be more of a people person as opposed to like your 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 modern European, as mm-hmm. we said, like Klopp, Guardiola, tactical genius, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't. The only point I thought he could maybe be the manager was in that first few months where we were just winning and winning and winning. Yeah. But then basically once we lost well, we won the PSG game with Marcus Rashford's last minute penalty. Yeah, and that was the turning point. That wasn't was the turning it? point. And then the rest of the yeah. season fell apart. Yeah. And then since then it's just been sometimes good, sometimes shit. You know <laughs> the Gattuso syndrome, yeah. Gattuso syndrome. Never really good enough. Um so I've never thought he would be the actual manager to, to do it for us, but there we go. And it's it's apparent that there's three at the back. Uh, thing isn't really working. The players don't, know, players don't know what they're doing. A band-aid. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know what the solution is with Solskjaer, so we'll see what how it goes. Now, there's no football for two weeks, and then we have equally struggling Watford when we come back. Mm-hmm. Let's see how that match goes. Then we have Chelsea and Villarreal in the same week. So, yeah. Anyway, that is my week. In, in happier news, I played my fantasy football wild card. Um, last week, which was okay. desperately needed because I got about thirty-one points uh, last week or something. Sure, shit. So I played it this week, changed the whole the entire team. Uh, and this week, I'm pleased to report, currently at seventy points. Oh so, Jesus, that's nice. It's a big upswing. Uh, yeah. so I was just neglecting it because United are so shit. I don't check the football scores because I don't want to see what, how badly they got beaten. So then I don't see what other teams are doing. So then yeah. I can't play my thing. And, <laughs> just, yeah. Sure. But I, I think I've, I've at least salvaging some respectability now. So Very nice. Yeah, I, I did 43 this week. I'm pretty poor. Pretty poor 43 with uh, Livermento and Gallagher carrying my team, the two mm. cheapies, and all the all the expense players doing nothing. Cool. Um, anyway, how was your week? This week, I was actually sick this week. Oh, no. Oh, no. That, which is a strange feeling because I literally have not been sick since Christmas 2019. Like, I have not, through the whole pandemic, because I've been yeah. at home, been wearing a mask whenever I go out. I've not had a cold or a flu or a bug in two years, basically. So to be sick again was strange. Yeah, 
I'm the same. I wonder if it was being in the office was making me sick, actually. Quite possibly. Because, yeah, pretty much since since then, same as you, I used to get, like, very congested, runny noses, da-da-da. Yeah. Not really anymore. Well, absolutely, yeah, sitting in a big room with, like, 50 strangers and air conditioning. I mean, yeah, just exactly. a illness. Yeah, so had that lingered for a few days, but kind of feeling better now, so, so that's good. Um, Friday night was, of course, uh, Bonfire Night, a.k.a. Fireworks Night, a.k.a. Guy Fawkes Night here in um, the UK. And I did something I wanted to do for a long time, which is I bought one of those metal incinerator bins that you can burn stuff in. Oh. Because um, we had we had the kitchen done, as I, I talked talk about last yeah. week. I had loads of cardboard, just all the cardboard from the, the cabinets, the new dishwasher, everything, like a mountain of cardboard. It'd take me about six months to put it all in the <laughs> recycling bin, you know, one week right. at a time. So I thought, you know, I can do, I can just burn that cardboard. That'd be good. Uh, and of course, being a man, I haven't a desire to burn things. It's just, I think, you know, <laughs> just nature. Uh, just nature. Yeah. It's nature. Yeah. Men want to burn stuff. Um, so I had a nice bonfire on, on Friday. Um, so, I don't, you know, I had some newspapers. You've got to get your little, you know, your kindling at the bottom. You can't go straight in with your wood, obviously. So, yeah. a bit of newspaper, strips of cardboard, some dry leaves that are in the garden. Got that burning in. Started putting in the odd sort of off cuts of wood that we, we had left over as well. So, yeah, I had a nice bonfire for about oh, good three hours. I think I was out there burning, burning stuff. Um, had my headphones on, listening to a bonfire night playlist full of songs about fire and fireworks. There's lots of so those. You got, you got Firework by Kate. <laughs> yeah, okay. You've got, you've got I'm on Fire by uh, Bruce Springsteen. You've got Firestarter by The Prodigy. You know, there's there's loads. There's loads. Um, so, yeah, re- really enjoyed that. Um, getting Primeval. And then on Saturday, equally manly, I cleared out my shed. Um, oh, you fucking buff prick. Um, I've been just shoving loads of stuff in there. To the point where I couldn't open the door in, without things falling out. So I had a good old clear out of the shed, got rid of some stuff, organized it all. So now you can actually get in there, find things. So uh, yeah, that was my um, my dad weekend. Have a bonfire and then clean out the shed. So, <laughs> very, very enjoyable. Good on you. Well, I seem like I, I was the only man not doing manly man things this week, it seems. Uh, mm. I'm feeling very, mm. very disappointed in myself more than anything else, to be yeah, honest. Very effeminate. Very, very, uh, very weedy. Very Softy Walter. Weedy. <laughs> um, we did celebrate my girlfriend's birthday this week. Uh, um, happy birthday. Which happy was, birthday, Bernard. Which was lovely. We had a nice time. We went out with uh, her pals on Friday, which is quite nice. Uh, oh, actually, I should say... Um, <clears throat> I had a great plan for the birthday, obviously, as I always do. I'm a good boyfriend. Yeah. It's my one manly yeah. feat. So I said I was going to get up and make breakfast, which I did. We had a little a special Barry breakfast burgers, uh, you know, Ooh, which are uh, uh, a delicacy. And what I was going to do was we, we uh, my mom stopped by to give her a gift, which is lovely. And then what we were going to do is we were going to go to a nice fancy pub that she likes that we've been to before. So we'll go there for our lunchtime. Then we'll go to this new uh, like ramen place she's wanted to try uh, mm. for a while, which we haven't gone to yet, just by, by chance. I was like, we'll go there. Don't you worry about that. We'll go there on your birthday. Yeah. Went into town. Uh, pub was not open. Don't know why. Um, to, when we checked the sign, apparently they open at four o'clock. What kind of pub doesn't... What? Like... What are we in? Yeah, where, where are alcoholics supposed to go? Yeah, what is this prohibition era? Like, what the fuck is that? 
<laughs> so we had to go to a, a similarly nice, but not as nice, uh, uh, pub directly opposite the ramen place, which is fine, you know, nice and close and whatever. So we, said, yeah. we went in there, had a couple of pints of Guinness. That's lovely. And they were kind of looking out the window across the road and like, that ramen place looks awful dark all of a sudden. Oh, um, no. It's brand newly open. So it's like there's no way it's like shut down. It's open all day, basically every day of the week, I'm pretty sure. Uh, to this day, I don't know what. I went over and I peered in the window like a little creep. And I was just like, this, the tables are on top of each other. There's a ladder. There's a light in the back. Someone's working on it. It appears to be getting some kind of renovation or something. So we had to adjust our plans on the fly and go get pizza instead. But, you know, I don't, I don't want to generalize either because I don't know the, what the situation with the ramen country wise is. No, no, no. This is not going to be racist or anything. Don't worry. No, that's not what I was assuming. <laughs> no, no. But I, well, Joe was going, oh, here we go. Here comes something controversial. <laughs> it's not, it's not controversial. Um, I know from my work that it was some kind of holiday in many, uh, Eastern Asian countries last week. Okay. So I don't know if that might have been related. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. But, uh, but that aside, we, uh, we had a nice, um, we had a nice, uh, nice weekend. Um, I did, uh, Brona did get, um, this is actually unrelated to her birthday. She got a, this is a, a work bonus thing that she, she got, Ooh. she got herself a record player, which she'd been wanting for ages. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice record player. Very tasty looking record player with some nice, big, good quality speakers. So she's been listening to her records, which is quite nice. We listened to, uh, the most recent, I think, CMAT record. Um, I finally got to listen to my Last of Us soundtrack that I got. Uh, a year ago the limited edition one because <laughs> yeah. um, we had one in the apartment but it was broken and so we wanted to get this replacement so find this and stuff. So, sure. yeah, more more physical media um uh, uh hobbyism uh going on yeah. in this apartment after our chat last week i mean i am i am something down the rabbit hole now i picked up some more uh some more some more you know ps2 games which is you know par for the course whatever i got the console i want to go and pick you can pick up games for a couple of quid i got uh, yeah. i got pro evo 4 for 50 cent uh classic one of, classic game one of the best and and uh not very good but it has a great soundtrack i got fifa 04 as well um just because it's the one i remember playing um so i got yeah. that but I, I i crossed an interesting threshold here in my um physical media purchasing this okay. week which is that when i was in cx i got two games uh other than the the, the two football games were a euro in total so i was like i can treat myself <laughs> i'll go mad here and i'll get something else yeah. uh i got def jam fight for new york uh Ooh. which i think is essential that's uh as good a wrestling or fighting game as you'll get on that console which is tremendous and again not quite as good but it was one i have a fondness of playing i got true crime streets of new york which is a yeah, middling game but it's one i have a sauce before but Got it home, opened it up. No manual. Now, awesome, now, if I'm if I'm if I'm getting if I'm cultivating a little old video game physical collection, I have to have the manual. That's the whole fucking thing. That's that's you know, I, in the same way, I wouldn't buy a loose case with a with a DVD inside it. I want the the cover art. I want everything. So I've crossed the threshold now. I went on eBay and ordered the manuals from uh, you know guys whose whole thing on their ebay pages they sell inlays for games and and manual i don't know what they do with the games in that stage i actually don't know uh i assume i assume i see people selling loose games so i assume they do that with the ones they sell the 
the covers of um, they might even just be reproduced manuals they could be reproduced yeah um I, yeah. I, I would hope not I would rather have the legitimate one but there you go well I mean if it's if it's literally the same if it's literally the exact same who cares yeah so <laughs> so there I there I am now cross, crossing that threshold before you yeah. before you know it it'll be uh the 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 factory sealed graded um uh, <laughs> I I actually I wasn't looking for any of them but I'm because I'm now I'm on eBay a lot and I'm kind of like what can I you know what do I remember what can I get you know mm, yeah. that doesn't look great condition I don't want again I'm not I'm not trying to cultivate an actual collection it's just I want to make sure it's playable and some stuff and just I, I I came across someone was selling factory sealed God of War 1 and 2 for the PS2 and it had been officially graded by whatever the body was it was some, yeah, someone yeah. selling from the UK so it wasn't have been the American one but one of those ones where it's in it's, it's factory sealed and it has a bag over it yeah PSA and, or something yeah like and it's got like 85 at the top which is like a, a fantastic rating and yeah. it's the two of them together Three and a half grand for those two PS2 games. What? Um, with that, with, with signed, you know, you know, signed and sealed in, you know, eighty five. I mean, to get ninety is like almost unheard of. To get a hundred is basically impossible. So like eighty five is a tremendous condition. So yeah, that's that's the going rate, I guess, uh, uh, for those. But then you can just get them normal with a little bit of a ratty scratched cover for six quid you know if that's what you want to do yeah well it depends on if your intention is to play them yeah well, mine, and mine is mine is yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely not because uh, when I'm looking at these listings I'm like well I want the manual I want the I want the box in good condition but I, yeah. I don't care if the fucking dog chewed the end of it or fucking any of that shit. Like, you know, it's, it, it is for my, my, and I, I, I did mention to Pronouse, like, that you, we, you and I had been chatting and you said the whole thing about the Wii and the GameCube backwards compatible. But I was like, I will have to wait. We really don't have room. And I put, I put loads of effort in tidying up the wires behind the telly recently. And now that's already gone, gone to shit because yeah, I, the, th- the thing for that to remember as well is you would, you'd also need to get the GameCube memory card yes. to save your progress. It doesn't save to the Wii hard drive. So yeah. there's, there's lots of other steps there's always there's always something else to do um but yeah now 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 the back of the tv unit after i tidied it up looks terrible because i've got playstation 2 cables (laughs) and the converter um yeah yeah. i don't think i'd gotten the converter last week it works great um as i I was actually i did it i kind of since i had the option i did all the options and it's like composite which is the european standard is terrible just like pal is terrible uh relative to the american standard uh component is tremendous it was one of those things was like i wish i could go back in time and give my young self a component cable for a ps2 it's like it looks fantastic uh, and then the HDMI output for the converter is is pretty good, but we've got a, a mess of wires. And like you mentioned, it requires power to do the converter. Um, and uh, the other thing as well was I got it. I got it. Uh, 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 I did a little kind of test to see if I could hook it up to this capture card for streaming. And, yeah. and it kind of works, but there was like, I almost have it perfect, but the frame rate's not right. And I'm, I, I've been incessantly Googling and YouTubing, trying to figure out how to fix it. And that's just a whole other a whole other kit and caboodle. Um, so yeah, these things these things do uh, ramp up fairly quick. Yeah, I wonder if you, you might get that on a game by game basis as well. You know, some games give you the fifty hertz or sixty hertz option. You might yes. have that play around with that. Um, yeah, but I also just like. The whole like analog to digital conversion just makes everything a little bit of a crapshoot. Um, you know, so so those yeah. old, old games like that are are, uh, are a horrible beast. Also, for the there's so much daisy chaining going on from console to, <laughs> to converter to splitter to capture cards. It's like Jesus Christ! It's a miracle it works at all. Um, but yeah, that was the uh, that was the life guff this week. <laughs> 
Uh, next week, I'm going away again, back on my holly bobs. Uh, we're going to the beautiful land of Mayo uh, oh. to stay in a fancy hotel. That's uh, that's Brona's actual gift from me, is our, our, yeah. our, our lovely weekend away. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, you better hope they have fight TV on there. Well, this is it. Yeah, I was like, you don't know how much you look, how lucky you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing CM Punk and Eddie Kingston for this holiday, um, and also I, I won't get to play San Andreas remastered. You know, um, so I hope you appreciate. But anyway, we will move into our various goffs. There, uh, we mentioned. I mentioned earlier that I was listening to some records, but I know Paul, you've also been listening to some music this week. Yeah, a lot, a lot of music. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Well, I didn't listen to any last week, uh, so I thought I'd better, I'd better book up my little ears and get listen to some. So that new ABBA record is out now, <laughs> Voyage. What are you laughing at? ABBA. I love a bit of ABBA, me. Uh, I just was not expecting ABBA to come out. Well, you know, I, I, I like my death metal and the like as much as the next man. But uh, if gimme, 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 parentheses, a man after midnight hits the uh, the radio, I'll be up dancing around. Sure, sure. Which is, by the way, the best ABBA song. Don't at me. That's tremendous. Um, but I listened to this new new album by ABBA, which is the one that they're they're parading around the world as a kind of hol- is it a hologram type show? Yeah. They're not re- they're not really on stage. Too old for that. They do little uh, little um, uh, what is it? Uh, Rogue One, Peter Cushing style CGI <laughs> monstrosities dancing around the stage. Um, is the album any good? <laughs> okay, <laughs> not really. Oh. Um it's, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it's not even, it's not country at all, but it has that same vibe of, um, as our Irish people know, once a year, the Late Late Show, formerly hosted by Gay Byrne, no longer hosted by him since he's passed away. Um, they do like a, the Late Late Show country special and all the grannies are in attendance and uh, Nathan Carter or whoever is doing rock em, baby like a wagon wheel and a doodie the, uh, the the latest ABBA record has that exact vibe to it it's a it's very much a granny record sounds good and um, no <laughs> it doesn't really like I say it doesn't really touch into country that that much but it's very ballady there's a little, there's a little Christmas song about your grandchild on Christmas, um, and so I don't really know who it's for. That being said, I'm very much an ABBA fan from the point of view of I like their greatest hits. Yeah, I can't say I've ever listened to an ABBA album, so I don't really know what the vibe of an ABBA album is necessarily. Well, I have but only the best of ABBA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This doesn't come close to touching the very best of Apple. <laughs> so why bother? I mean, why bother? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I just found it weirdly like it's it's got a, a real lack of energy to it. it presumably because they're all so much older than they were back in the day when they were fucking jinking about hip. Are they all alive? Stars. They are. They're all alive. Okay. They're all alive. Okay. Yeah, just about. Um, but you know, I just I just found it a bit a bit too on the ballad side of things and not enough on the on the the pop synth 
energy mm. here we dancing queen get up and dance to dancing queen mm. very little of that more it, it's more fernando than dancing queen let's say that <laughs> and i like fernando i like fernando that's you such a weird sound by using it's more fernando than dancing queen a bitch you know you, <laughs> <laughs> well you don't want an album of fernando's let me just say that. Yeah, wow, well, I think we've all said that at one yeah, point. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I will give Abba's voyage a thumbs down, unfortunately. Um, next up, Deaf Haven, with their hilariously named new release, Infinite Granite. <laughs> I know it's terrible. <sighs> it's a terrible name. Uh, Death Haven are a, a former death metal band who have kind of transitioned into a, a more mainstream alternative rock sound. Mm. Um, I quite enjoyed it. It, it. It's a it's got a little bit of it's like a harder edged Radiohead sound is the, the way I would describe it. And you know, it's mostly it's mostly singing. There's there's very little uh screaming or any any of that like death metal vocals v- very very little of that it's mostly mostly going for that kind of time yorky radiohead sound and i did quite enjoy it even if it at times feels a little bit devoid of personality it's devoid of personality <laughs> it's a little it's a little bit shoegazing-y it's a little bit maybe nine inch nailsy i'm not i'm not huge into nine inch nails really i like a bit more poppy even even with like rock and metal i like i like a good little melody that i can kind of go along with this is a little bit more industrial like i said a little bit a little bit more um toneless in a way like i it's I, i'm it sounds very bad for an album that i did overall like yeah but it, it's kind of an album i liked despite it not generally being my thing or being a, a, a genre of music that i'm specifically into but i kind of liked it despite that so I'll give a thumbs up to Deaf Haven, which is also a terrible name, by the way. Terrible name for the band, a terrible name for the album, but actually an all right album. Um, I listened to a bit of their earlier death metal stuff, and it's 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 good. Like I like it. I don't think many people would, but I like it. But what it sounds like is if they took like a Foo Fighters song, so say like I don't know Everlong or The Pretender, like mm. one of their one of their famous songs, and they're like. Yeah, it sounds good, but can we put like three times the amount of drums over it? Okay. So you just have this like normal sounding like riffs, but it's like over the top of it. It's like, why is there so many drums? It's ridiculous. Um, but I listened to that. And then finally, in, in, in line with a video game that I've been playing, Grant Kirkhope, who is the, uh, the, he was the, um, one of the music directors or and composers for Rare back in the day, uh, along with David Wise, who did the like out of this world good Donkey Kong Country music. Uh, Grant Kirkhope did the Banjo Kazooie music, and I believe he also worked in music for GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. He did a full redo of the Banjo Kazooie soundtrack and released it on Spotify. Um, very good. It, 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 it's um, it's like he took the core songs and was like, right, let's do. Let's do Mumbo's Mountain as a, a weird, trippy synth <laughs> song. And let's take, you know, uh, whatever, Treasure Trove Cove and turn it into a, a, a weird, phasey industrial rock song and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So 
really enjoyed that, especially since I was totally in Banjo Kazooie mode. Uh, I just saw, I just happened to be looking up the uh, the composer on Spotify and saw that he put the, this like 2021 release. Banjo, it's called Banjo Kazooie Rejiggied, which is perfect because the jiggy is the collectible in the mm-hmm. game. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that was good as well, but um, obviously that one's going to be only for Banjo Kazooie fans. Otherwise, you're like, what is this? <laughs> if you go down to the woods today, remix. <laughs> but, I imagine uh, yeah. someone stumbling across the Banjo Kazooie <laughs> soundtrack. Like, I'll give this a crack. It's on my di- it's on my release radar. <laughs> I'll give it a spin. Oh no, wait, I'm mixing them up now. Sorry, let me let me correct myself. Uh, Graham Norgate did the GoldenEye soundtrack, not Graham. Oh, no, he is. hosts the Eurovision for BBC. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's my Graham Norton impression, which I don't bring out that often. <laughs> um, Very good. No, so you have David Wise, Grant Kirkhope, Graham Norgate, three different people. Sorry about that. Anyway, that's all the music I listen to. Listen to Death Haven. Don't listen to that new album. It fucking sucks. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, that's the music off for the week. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, what about Tele Golf? Joe, what tell you you've been watching? Um, started watching um, this new show based on the, I don't know if it's a comic book or graphic novel. Some thing, comic, thing. comic, comic something, thing, so, something. Yeah. yeah. Um. The the series. Uh, why the last man? Um. Not why W H Y. Yeah. Why mm. as in a Y chromosome? Why the last man? <clears throat> Which is set in a world where all of a sudden every man or every everyone with a Y chromosome uh, just drops dead. Just instantly around the world basically half the world's population and all the animals as well just die they will die so it's only women left apart from one uh (coughs) cisgender man called yorick um who for some reason is alive and a monkey he's got a little monkey and the monkey looks like the monkey that was in friends (laughs) that ross had (laughs) okay so basically it's as if ross from friends and his monkey was the only man left on it you uh you know that's the premise. <laughs> um, so you can imagine it's um, it's um, yeah, quite a, quite a dystopian. But essentially, all this chaos is caused because all the men die, and some of them are pilots, and so planes crash, and some of them are manning oil rigs, so everything starts you know fucking up and going crazy, and all the you know women have to take charge. Um, yeah, and so it's, it's kind of set in this world. We've watched the first sort of three, three or four episodes. Um, it's quite interesting. I can't. I've heard of this this, um, this comic book before, but I didn't know too much about it. I think it's been around for for a fair while. It's yeah. not like a relatively new comic book, um, but obviously interesting because it's been made through a lens, twenty twenty one lens, with kind of trans issues and, and gender identity kind of layered on top of it. Mm. Um, so I don't know how much that came into the original comic, whether the kind of whether it was just purely um, what if all the men died, yeah. or or whether the comic kind of went into that. I'm kind of interested to need to read up on that, but yeah, the show is um, it's okay. It's okay. I, I'm, I was really interested in the premise. Um, I do have to say it suffers from the same flaw that I think a lot of these kind of um, prestige American dramas do. Which that which is that it it doesn't feel authentic. Like I don't, I don't 
kind of watch these characters and think, yes, that feels like a real person in a real situation. Right. And it, and it's also not, not because they're so hyper real or so, you know, fantastical. It's just that the dialogue, the things they do, it just all feels so constructed. Um, it's interesting. I was reading an article or an interview earlier in the week with David Chase, the, the creator of the Sopranos, and it was kind of dive, delving into, you know, what made that show such a big hit and why it's still kind of, you know, it's finding a new audience now. And it talks a lot about the humor of the show and, and how kind of believable all the characters and the actors were. And I think that's something that's really you know, missing from shows like this. Like it feels very kind of manufactured. Like you could, you can feel um, it being created. It doesn't feel like a real world. It doesn't feel authentic at all. Even the kind of humor, there's quite a lot of humor in it, but it's all very much like the main character doing one liners. And it's all, okay. you can, you can kind of feel like, the producers going, oh, we need a bit of comedy here. Get get the writer in to do the comedy, the few comedy lines in this <laughs> bit. Like it's not, it doesn't arise kind of naturally from the situation or from kind of human relations. It's, it's just, oh, we need a funny bit, do a few funny lines. So um, yeah, it, it's it's okay. I mean, we'll watch it. I think it's actually not been renewed for a second season. The show, it's right? been it's been binned. Yeah, it's already been binned. Yeah, so, um, but I think we'll, it's interesting enough that we'll we'll finish the first season, but. I think, the, yeah, and the other big kind of fatal flaw is a little bit like, um, uh, oh, God, what's that other show called where all the women are locked up and they wear the Orange is the new black. No, they've got the white <laughs> things on. And all the women are locked up, I know. The, fuck, what's it called? The, the, they've got the white things on their head. Oh, Handmaid's Tale? Handmaid's Tale, yeah. Oh, sorry. It's a bit like that where it feels like they've, because obviously that you know it's based on a novel or a gra- comic book. There's only so much source material, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, but they want to make a five season, ten part series, fifty episodes, whatever of this thing. So you can just feel them kind of dragging it out, right? To um, make sure that it's actually, oh, what if we wanted to do, you know, three seasons, four seasons, five seasons? Mm. So. It's just like every episode, it's like, get to the fucking point. You're right. just hanging around, <laughs> seeing rooms to get on with it, you know? So that's the other kind of big flaw. But that, having said that, it's it's not a bad watch. You know, we've, we've kind of had it on. It's kind of interesting. But yeah, not going to be my, my best of at, at the end of the year, I would have thought. But uh, yeah, if you're interested, if you know the comic book, probably worth checking out. But yeah, not, not a big thumbs up. Yeah, I've never, I've never read the comic, but it's it's pretty well regarded. Um, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, and was there a, a Bake Off update this week? Did you watch it, Joe? Uh, probably, but I don't really remember. Well, Joe, we've been talking the last few weeks that this lad, George, has got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. It's like four weeks in a row, this lad, George, no idea what he's doing. His cake is is falling out the sides. It's upside down. You put the wrong ingredients in. You, every time the camera goes to him, he's flustered, going, "Oh, what am I doing? What am I doing?" Oh, oh. <laughs> and he, 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 for some reason, he never gets eliminated, right? Yeah. And then this week of all weeks, George doesn't fuck up. The showstopper George makes a good cake, and they go, "George, you did good." And then they fucking eliminate him. <laughs> Why are you not eliminate him all the, the weeks he did terribly? Why is this the... It's a bit like Solskjaer, you know? Yeah. Or or maybe more appropriately, it's like Daniel Farke, the uh, Norwich boss yeah. who finally wins a game and they're like, all right, you're sacked. George felt a bit like that. 
But it feels like we're now at the stage where where all all the bad bakers are gone, and we've already got good bakers left. So it's anyone's game. Uh, although there's only five left, so it feels like we had seven bad bakers and five good mm. bakers, which makes you wonder what's the process to like get on this show. Is there is there a, some kind of pre-round or something where you have to bake something? I assume they're mo- like it's not yeah. it's not just randos, is it? I assume it's like <laughs> no, but they're so bad. You wonder in the in the same way that like not all, but quite a few like general knowledge quiz shows do pull actual people who do general knowledge quizzes semi-professionally or whatever. Yeah, I have to imagine it's like you own a bakery or you go to Bake Off's, you know, uh, you work the indies, uh, you know, baking cakes with Hackshot Jim Duggan, and (laughs) and you get get noticed, um, and yeah. It seems, the way it's presented, maybe, you just think some of these lads have never baked in their life. Like, they don't know what they're doing. But anyway, still a very entertaining show. Love a bit of Bake Off. If you could... If we could put together six wrestlers to do Bake Off, who would who would you like to be on your wrestling? Any anyone who's currently active today in wrestling in any company, um, what six would you pick? They can be any any gender, any company, any anything. Ooh. Bakers, um, Big Brit. E. Oh. oh, Brit Baker, that's a good one. Why Big E? I, I he's think banter. Very funny. He's, he's banter. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's, he's big banter. He'd be. I think he'd be shit, but I think he'd be really funny at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he'd be celebrity Bake Off. I'd love to. I'd like to see him on uh, Biggie. Biggie, Randy Orton. Um, because <laughs> I think he'd also be shit, and but I think he'd be funny. I think he'd be very grumpy. dry. I think he'd be grumpy, yeah. grumpy and dry, and I think that'd be great. Um, okay. I think you have to have a heel. Someone like you know, we're talking reality sh- TV here. You got to have Cody on there to annoy everyone. Um, <laughs> Cody would like not be that good, but he'd be a little bit good, and he his he'd do his big stupid smile, uh, yeah. and he'd annoy the fuck out of everyone. But he'd be good enough to last. Um, he he'd also be constantly pointing out how good America is, even though it's- yeah, I'm baking apple pie. I'm making made. Again, the challenge is... I'm making apple pie different. with fucking freedom fucking sauce. <laughs> um, who else? Um, hmm. Let me see. I'm trying to think who'd be... Um, I was going to say who who do I think would be a good baker, but then I'm literally just guessing. I feel like... I feel like for some reason, I think Thunder Rosa could bake a mean fucking cake. <laughs> I was thinking Cesaro for some reason. Yo, but he loves his cafes and his coffee and stuff. Mm, yeah, Swiss, yeah, yeah, Swiss, Swiss, yeah. Swiss, bit, bit of Battenberg, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He he seems like he he's good good hand eye coordination as well and good patience. Yeah, not not Daniel Bryan because he'd probably do a fucking vegan, ah, and, you know, no. Yeah. no egg or anything. Flan, no little gazpacho. Oh god. Um, one <laughs> Brian would make fucking uh, nachos Flanders style, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's cucumber on shortbread, or something. no? What was it? It was a uh, cucumber was the bread, so it was a uh, mayonnaise on cucumber. Oh, was it? Co- cotton cheese cotton on cucumber. Cheese or something on cucumber. Like that, wasn't yeah, it? it was something like that. Um. Okay. One more. Uh. <laughs> Nachos, bladders, <laughs> tremendous. 
um, who else? Um, God, yeah, it, it is. It is cottage cheese. I just looked it up. Uh, um, punk, CM Punk. No, we have the grumpy. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone, need someone cheerful, like someone who's not necessarily good baker, but kind of upbeat. Otis. Maybe like Mick Foley. I think he'd be Mick, good, actually. Foley. Oh, Mick Foley. Mick Foley. Be good, yeah, he'd be he wouldn't be able to hear the instructions. <laughs> also, he'd get really depressing and just talk about how WWE is bad and it makes him want to cry into his cake. <laughs> No, Mick would be good, I think. Although his beard would get into all the mix as well. Oh, God. <laughs> That's horrible. Uh, but yeah, uh, if BBC wants to do that, uh, in interpromotional fucking Forbidden Door Bake Off, uh, yeah. that'd be awesome. Um, we will uh, flick over here to the movie guff. Um, yeah. I watched some movies this week, lads. I watched an eclectic mix of movies. Uh, I don't know why. I can't remember why we watched this, but for some reason we watched Matilda the other night. We, uh, which is still triple. Love a bit of Matilda. It's still great. It's so it's so wonderful. I mean, it's just so wondrous and charming and 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 scary and so memorable as well. It was it was honestly one of those movies where we'd both seen it a million times and it was a constant. Oh, look at that! No, yeah, we all, I always thought that cake looked disgusting, even as a kid. I was like, oh, I'd never eat it, but if a uh, um, uh, lots of that. So yeah, no, Matilda is fantastic. Um, it is on Netflix, I think. We watched it on some legitimate streaming site anyway. It it's is. also on Channel Four every day. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is a the next bank holiday. If you want to stay home and roll the dice, you might see it. You know, <laughs> um, we watched that. Um, oh, I forgot. Actually, my next film ties into a uh, yeah more more uh, adventures in physical media collection. Oh, uh, part, well, one thing I got in my CEX haul was, you know, a, a classic Metal Gear Solid 2 on the PS2. Uh, only when I got it home from CEX, I've been testing all of these. Like, I haven't really played any of the games, but I've been testing them to make sure they work. Which know, one's two? PS2 is tw- very, uh, very easy to, to, to shag up. So I went to open my Metal Gear Solid 2 um, and inside what was there, but the making of Metal Gear Solid 2 on DVD and oh. no actual game. Uh, which when I went back to return it, I think they were, I think CEX themselves were legitimately uh, uh, gazumped by someone who tra- who traded this in because uh, oh. they did not have another disc to swap. They, it wasn't like they had a special edition there and they accidentally grabbed the wrong disc. The guy was like, I'm really sorry, but that's, that is all we have of that particular game. And I was like, all right. So he's like, you can, you can swap, you can for the value the eight quid i spent on it you can just grab so i, I got uh the getaway for ps2 and then i was like i had two quid left and i haven't done this in years but i went over to their one euro dvd section which has essentially every film released before like about 2008 it's all up on that wall if you yeah. and if you want it in a standard definition video format it's on that wall so i grabbed uh, the mummy classic the mummy Mm. Which we have not yet. I have not yet rewatched. And uh, uh, something I fondly recall from my childhood: "Dude, where's my car?" From oh, yeah. the year two thousand, with one Mr. Ashton Kutcher and uh, Sean William Scott. Rona had not seen this film. I told her, "Well, let me tell you, back in I've not seen it. back in the day, that that got many spins in the PS two 
uh, when I right. when I was eleven, and I ha- I hate to say it, it was funnier when I was eleven. To be quite honest, um, <laughs> oh. it was um, it's it's real like pre nine eleven fucking uh, culture. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's it's Sean William Scott. First of all, I haven't seen that fucking guy in about fifteen years. Um, Ashton Kutcher when he was just blowing up. This was a, just before the butterfly effect. This was around the exact same time as. Uh, that seventy show and American Pie, so these two were at the peak of their powers, and it's 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 stoner comedy. It's like mildly self aware in the sense that it has a jock character that they play so over the top that I feel like it has to be self aware. But the rest of it is played very straight, um, and it's basically about these guys. They go on such a bender that they uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher's character loses his car. And as they retrace their steps, they learn, oh, my God, can you? we went to the strip club. Oh, my God, we went to the strip club. We got, we stole some criminals' money, and, and they have to retrace steps. Uh, it was not terrible. It was not very good watching it in, in, in modern times. It was one of those ones where, like, some of the physical comedy was just stupid enough that it got a, there was a couple of chuckles by the end of the, the film. There's a scene early on where they have these girlfriends. Um, they're going out with a pair of twins who don't look like each other. One of them is Jennifer Garner. Um, uh, and they, they on this big bender, they trash their house. So the next day they go over to to uh, clean it back up. And they, they have this absolutely insanely dumb and elaborate and therefore a very funny scene where they, they it's all in giant big black trash bags and they're carrying it out the door and one bottle cap flies off. And so they, they stop to try and pick it up with their feet uh, in a in a in a scene that goes about three minutes longer than it probably should have, and results in in the bags exploding. And I was like, well, you know, it was all right. Um, yeah, it's it, lots of a, a, a very stupid humor, kind of a weird eclectic cast of character actors in there. Uh, Mary Lynn Rajskub from from Always Sunny and Twenty Four is in there. Lots of other faces you might recognize. Uh, not great, but it's um, charming enough for the relic that it is. Uh, yeah, dude, where's my car? That was I watched on a beautiful, uh, pristine DVD copy of that movie. Uh, and the main menu features on there were uh, "Dude, play the movie" was how you played the movie, <laughs> um, and language options. Sweet uh, was was one of them. <laughs> uh, so that was back when that was the thing, you know, uh, to have yeah. have a wacky DVD menu. Uh, also uh, uh, wacky and dumb, but also nowhere near as as enjoyable. I did finally watch Free Guy, um, mm. which was about as abysmal a a two and a half, and it felt like two and a half hours. I think it was only two. <laughs> Fucking hell! That movie was even worse than I expected. Watching the trailers, yeah. I remember watching those trailers. I think the trailers started coming out pre pandemic. I think that was a riding the line movie that was supposed to come out mm. very early in the pandemic and got pushed. Uh, I watched those trailers and was like, Jesus, that looks fucking terrible. I mean, that, <laughs> that looks really bad, but maybe it'll, maybe it'll be okay, but it was, it was not okay. Oh man. Every, I just, I, I can't believe they put that much effort into making a very elaborate gamer movie about, about this game. That's obviously supposed to be GTA online and a little bit Fortnite, And they got real YouTubers and Twitch people on it. And they put, a lot of effort into that aspect, kind of, and yet they didn't bother to like update their fucking verbiage from fifteen years ago. You got pwned, noob, fucking like absolute 
dog shit dialogue absolutely terrible dialogue i also i it pains me to say it because i think he seems like an idea i'm just sort of realizing over time i just don't like ryan reynolds he's not he's incredibly annoying he has <laughs> like he's it's been a while since he's tried to do something that's not a comedy something like buried which i did really really like but now yeah. but now like everything i like he just has one performance he he is george clooney he is ricky gervais he has one performance and it's it's yeah. So fucking grating. I mean, this is just, it's funny because I remember watching the trailers and this movie as well kind of feels like, it's like, oh, this was like a different studio wanted to make Deadpool. They're like, let's hire Ryan Reynolds and let's have him do a, a fourth wall breaking comedy. But now it's owned by the same people who even fucking own Deadpool. So it's even pointless in that regard. Um, yeah. Oh, man. And it was so long. This was a movie, again, kind of like Sausage Party, where I was like, I feel like they had a funny YouTube trailer worth of material. And somehow they made it a two-hour film. Oh, terrible. One of the worst of the year. Um, and as I was adding it to my 2021 list, I was like, this has been a fucking dog shit year. So to be one of the worst years, to be one of, <laughs> to be one of the worst films this year is uh, uh, pretty dang bad. But luckily, I went, I went back up to the other end of that list, near the top. And I did have to add last night in Soho near the tippy top Ooh. of that list went to, the, we went to the cinema to see that and that is a tasty bit of cinema let me tell you <coughs> um yeah, yeah. really fantastic um really like i don't want to say you I, I i don't know if you would know straight away it's an edgar wright film but i feel like it has a lot of his sensibilities but mm. his last couple of films i felt have not he's done a good job of not falling into a trope set if you know what I mean, like maybe a little bit, but not, not in a massive, you could, you could, you'll know when you're watching a Christopher Nolan movie after 10 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so, so, so some, some directors are better and worse than that. Like it's, it's recognizably his, but not in a kind of tired or over familiar way, super stylish, uh, really charming, a little bit scary when it has to be Um, just looks and sounds fantastic. Two great performances uh, in the middle of it. I loved it. Really loved it. I thought it's it's a bit of a it is a mystery movie. I thought the reveal didn't land for me. It was one of those guessed it about twenty minutes into the film thing, but the journey along the way was so good that it didn't didn't take from it in any meaningful way. Um, yes, fantastic. I would absolutely I would absolutely go and see it uh, again in the cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, although the uh, the list of, of new things to see is actually kind of building up, so I don't think I'll get to see it again. I have to set aside about you know seven hours this week to see Dune and Eternals. So, um, oh, you're not going to see it. I'm, I mean, I might as well. I've seen all the other ones. I've I've given up on the on the Disney Plus stuff. Like I've I've I, I have I have enough self respect that I'm not going to watch. Uh, 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 you know, uh, Tin Man and fucking. Uh, 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 Adventure Boy, Save the Universe, or whatever the fuck their Disney Plus shows are called now. Uh, yeah. Fucking uh, 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 Robin Hood and his Merry Men, fucking whatever the fuck. Um, but yeah, I am not watching any of that Disney Plus stuff. But I uh, go see the movie. Everyone else is going to see in the movie. You know, I go see. I go see most of the new releases anyway. So you know, uh, I'm not expecting to get anything out of it. But uh, yeah. yeah. No, but I agree with what you said about last night in Soho because I thought I thought Baby <coughs> Baby Driver was a little bit going that way, if you know what I mean. Like in terms of his being a bit too Edgar Wrighty, you know, yeah. with all the kind of ticks, the visual ticks, and everything. Whereas I, I was pleasantly surprised with this; it was a lot more kind of stripped back and free of that, mm. and a lot less comedic and much more focus on the style. So yeah, it was it's really good. 
Yeah. And uh, those were those were my movies this week. I've got, I've got one movie. So last night, just on a whim, we watched the, um, the Baz Luhrmann ad- adaptation of The Great Gatsby mm. uh, from, I think it was 2012. Yeah. Um, this is the one <laughs> that heavily features a lot of kind of Jay-Z and Kanye West and lots of other contemporary songs ah. as is Baz Luhrmann's, uh, you know, a typical kind of modus operandi. Um, it was, I mean, I've never read the book and I've not seen any other adaptations. Um, but based on this one, I think The Great Gatsby sounds like a really fucking boring book. <laughs> the, the story of this was really boring. Like, nothing happens, me bit. Um, based on my kind of passing knowledge of it, I thought it was going to be about some kind of rich showman slash con man who, I don't know, is living in the 20s, 30s, and does all kind of crazy stuff and getting mixed up in that. But in the movie, not a lot really happened. It was just, it was just, Toby Maguire doing voiceover for two and a half hours telling us about how great Leonardo DiCaprio is. Um, <laughs> so if you like the sound of that, this was, this was, you know, the movie for you. Um, I didn't like the Baz Luhrmann kind of style that you, you remember from his previous movies. It, I don't mind it, but it does feel very dated kind of watching it in, in 2021, you know, all these very kind of stylistic shots with the, um, you know, the contemporary music yeah. uh, in there and all this kind of, you know, over the top production, which is nice. You know, it's his kind of signature, but it does feel very dated watching it now. Like I, I just thought, okay, yeah, this is not, not where we are in 2021. This kind of uh, very Obama era. Like let's leave it, leave it there. They were not, right. we're not past that. Um, so I wouldn't say I enjoyed it and it didn't exactly in- entice me into wanting to read the, the book or no. watch the other adaptations, but yeah, I can kind of tick it off the list. That's the, um, that's probably the best thing I can say about it. I've, I've seen it now. Okay. What's the, what's so, the last thing? Baz, is that the last thing Baz Luhrmann did? I can't remember what he's done in the last couple of years. I d- yeah. I can't think of anything he's done since really. Mm. Nothing not particularly notable because he had a, a yeah, apparently I don't think he's done anything since then. Yeah. I mean, he did have quite a big gap in between films. So, like, Moulin Rouge was 2001, Australia was 2008. I forgot. Great was 2013. Yeah. So, it's had like a seven, five year gap. So, I don't know if he's working on something okay. that's going to come out. Maybe he's yeah. working on Avatar 2, you know. <laughs> Avatar 2 and 3. <laughs> 2 and back 3, back. yeah. I'm really, I'm really worried James Cameron's going to die while those are in production, and like, oh god, his like last, his legacy is going to be he spent the t- entire final quarter of his life working on those movies. Um, anyway, uh, that is the movie got for this week. Uh, Paul, I think you teased a little yeah. earlier. What games you've been playing this week? Just Banjo Kazooie, which I've completed. Okay, one hundred percent completion on banjo kazooie whoops got all the uh all the jiggies all the notes which is as i said is made much easier by the fact that it retains your notes collected even if you die or go out of the level uh which is not the case with the original n64 <laughs> version of the game which is particularly notable for uh one of the latter levels rusty bucket bay has a very tough jiggy to get where you have moving platforms and propellers that are slowing down speeding up they have to jump through and and uh if you fall off this platform it's instant death so it's a little bit a little bit like mario sunshine's Mm. um levels where you don't have the flood but 
if you die, you also lose all your notes progress. So you start back at zero and you have to then go and collect every note again. Okay. So you would nearly need to do one run where you're just collecting notes, get to 100, jump out of the level, jump back in so you don't lose your progress. Sounds absolutely terrible. Um, but yeah, 100% of it beat the final boss there yesterday morning. Um, saving Banjo-Tooie for Christmas. That'll be another Christmas game. That'll be in line with the throwback Christmas vibe we're going for. I'll uh, I'll have Halo Infinite, which maybe, given that I I I don't want to save myself too many games for Christmas because I'll have like I'll have one one week for Christmas and I'll play Halo Infinite and Banjo Tooie and San Andreas and this and that. Okay, let's not save too many games, but I do want to play Banjo Banjo Tooie over Christmas and I do want to play uh, Halo Infinite, mm-hmm. which maybe I'll start Halo Infinite a little bit earlier, or maybe I'll start GTA San Andreas. Instead, I still have to beat Death Stranding as well. Oh, yeah, I forgot you were playing the old Death Stranding. And I still want to play The Forgotten City. Mm. Uh, so I have a few games I need to get to. But Banjo-Kazooie, uh, now that it's finished, I'd give a, an absolute thumbs up. And As I said last week, I think it um, I think it takes the foundation that Mario 64 laid down and improves on it in many, many ways. Okay. Um so yeah, I mean, I I played Banjo, I had Banjo Kazooie on, on the N sixty four. I played it quite a bit, um, but never had the the full appreciation for just how good it is until I went back and played it this year. So for anyone with Xbox uh, Game Pass, it only took took me about eight hours to one hundred percent. So it's not a super long game, right? Uh, as far as I was saying about the Halo uh, levels, that I, I like to sit down and play a level for anywhere from 45 minutes to like an hour 15. The levels in Banjo-Kazooie, you can 100% 100 a level in like 45 minutes. Um, So it's perfect for that kind of gameplay as well, where you sit down, beat this level in one sitting, and then save your game and say, right, when I come back, I'll do the next level. So yeah, very, very, very much would recommend that. I think the the Xbox 360 version definitely gives... uh, Yeah. Many, many required quality of life improvements. Uh, I did have some problems, though, with playing Xbox 360 games on the on the Series S, though, specifically with regards to the quick restart. Uh, sometimes when I would come back to it after having yeah. turned the console off, the music would have frozen, or it'll try and log me back into Xbox Live, or I had some issues with it sometimes where I just had to like close out of the game completely and go back in. Mm. But uh, that that feature is a bit of a bummer overall. It's fucking really cool when it works, but it does not work yeah. enough for me. And still, it's, it's better now. It is better now. But I remember launch week, I was really loving it. I was like, this thing is great. But I'm like, I I come out of a game thinking I have quick resume. And then I go back and I'm like, oh, you don't. Um, and yeah, yeah the uh, backwards compatible stuff, very spotty, very spotty with it. Uh, Banjo Kazooie has autosave as well, though, which is very yeah. useful. Um, and uh, you know, it's true as well, though, that there are moments in the game where you're 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 going in one direction, and suddenly the camera will do a complete one eighty mm. because there's some environment blocking. Of course, it's an N sixty four game at its core, so there are bits of that, but those are minimal, especially like we said compared to Mario sixty four. And uh, if you've never played it, it's damn worth uh, a go. It's absolutely excellent. That's what I played. Uh, also on the uh, the Game Pass front, I was a little bit disappointed this week that, mm. that uh, us us uh, handsome Game Pass boys were not allowed to play Forza this week. 
yeah, only on, of... only the, the 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 cushy elites who bought the game they got <laughs> is it out on tuesday on game pass is it? uh this coming tuesday yeah. Um, yeah i think it was friday or thursday you got early access if you paid for it Right. Uh, sick fucking bastards absolutely outrageous <laughs> uh, but I'm really looking forward to it. I loved the last Forza um, I, I don't think I got I don't think I made massive amounts of progress through it but that's not really the the thing with it it's just fabulous draw, a driving experience in a in a little fake Britain uh, which I I enjoyed I'm looking forward to heading into the the Mexican map that they've they've curated for the next one, uh, but what is on Game Pass that I played this week? I played a very cute little game called Unpacking, uh, which is a little twee uh, indie uh, cozy game, which I suppose is one of the big buzzwords of the year in in gaming. And it's literally uh, um, they've got you, you've got a series of rooms, um, you have a series of boxes. It's very nicely animated. It's got a very nice relaxing lo-fi soundtrack. And you basically open the boxes and an item comes out and you pick where it goes in the room in question. You can obviously, you can put them anywhere and just get the level done, but that would kind of defeat the purpose of it. It's very much, I think, designed to scratch like an organizational itch in people um, where you'll get loads and loads of books. Do you want to put them on the shelf or do you want to put them in a drawer? You can open and close drawers. You can have things on display. You can have them on display. You can rotate things and, and all this other stuff. And there's quite a cute little story going on it as well. The first thing you do is you decorate a child's room. Then you flash forward and you decorate um, uh, like a, a dorm, uh, and then you decorate like a like a kind of my first apartment type situation. So it's like you're following like one person's life through it. Yeah, uh, it's cute. It's very cute. It's very relaxing, um, and it's one of those things where uh, uh, there's lots of cute little details to it. Um, the sound work is really fantastic because. Each unique item, whether it's a bottle of air freshener or whatever, will make a different sound if you plop it down on the cistern of a toilet or if you top it on a glass shelf or if you top it on the floor. It's got all these unique little audio files that will play depending on where you put it. It all sounds great. Uh, It's kind of lo-fi, like, uh, pixel art uh, stuff. So there's some uh, levels where you're unpacking video games. And if you can kind of zoom in and you can kind of like that, is that is definitely a GameCube version of Simpsons Hit and Run, <laughs> but it's too uh, uh, pixelated to see what it is. But it's definitely Simpsons Hit and Run, and that's definitely Super Smash Brothers, um, which is a, a really uh, a cute little thing. Yeah, uh, again, uh, a perfect little Game Pass game. You can download it. It is a time killer. It's very relaxing. It's not much of a. Uh, it's not really objective driven at all. There's like two or three items in each room that has to be put in a particular way to advance. Everything else is just um, kind of do as you please. So that was cute. I love the uh, I love the online confusion about what a GameCube is, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> All these kids going, what's this purple cube thing? I don't know. Where is it going in the kitchen? <laughs> Deary me. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, the Wii came out in 2006, 2007. Yeah. Which is 14 years ago, so if you have some 13, 14-year-old kids, literally maybe never seen a GameCube, never knew about it. I was thinking about that during the week when I was um, 
getting when I was uh, hooking up the PS2, I was like, this is like the equivalent of when I was playing with the PS2 initially. If so, and I couldn't even think of what the com- comparable console would be because twenty years ago would have been pre NES at that stage. Yeah, so th- Commodore. This would have been like, yeah, this is like would have been like if my fucking if my man came in and hooked up a extremely primitive Atari up to the TV. Uh, and tried to make it work. So yeah, it's yeah. Feel old yet, kids? <laughs> um, also uh, on the Game Pass this week, uh, one of the bigger releases of the year. This was a classic. Wait and uh, wait and see if it comes to Game Pass, and it did. Uh, it takes two, uh, which is the new game from Haze Light. They did uh, Brothers: a Tale of Two Souls and A Way Out. Uh, they they have very much made their. Uh, their thing, the sort of mandatory two-player game. Uh, so this is a game where you play as these two parents who are like getting divorced. Uh, their their upset daughter has a, a magic, uh, her tears cause magic to happen situation, and you're thrown into a kind of honey, I shrunk the kids type thing where the two parents are shrunk down into like uh, miniature size. They, they occupy like little dolls, and you have to kind of... Uh, platform and puzzle your way around household uh, um, uh, uh, dangers and puzzles and things like that with like an exaggerated sense of style and it, it is 100% two player you cannot play it on your own you cannot play with AI you have to go online or as I am doing you can play locally with a, a plus one myself and Brona are playing it um, I like this team's games I really liked A Way Out A Way Out was kind of mildly received I thought it was again with that gimmick in mind of you have to play with a person sitting next to you you can do online but I think that's not really it feels like it's not in the spirit of the game to do that it's it's I think it's very much a sit down with the person next to you thing I thought A Way Out was fantastic and I, I, I'm we we're only about an hour in but I'm really liking this as well um, it kind of has that nice uh, uh, sort of very real real life scenario type thing of the divorcing parents and then it's like contrasted with some real whimsy so when you're turned into these dolls you've got like this sort of like initially charming but then also kind of annoying like a book of love that the daughter is reading to try and mend the parents relationships and he's like this very obnoxious uh, uh mentor character who guides you through all these uh um, obstacles to try and mend your relationship it's it's cool it's very stylish it looks good if you are a sucker for that aesthetic of shrunken down things, platforming around real world locations, uh, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And all the puzzles are very clever. These games always have very clever kind of two people um, uh, puzzles where you will have to legitimately be communicating to make it work. It's not just, you know, like uh, the co-op Mario games where you just kind of have to time your jumps together and yell at each other. Uh, right. you have to, it, it is a case of you, you need to be standing here. Okay. Flick this switch. Now, as I jump from a to B or, you know, I'm midair, you have to do this, you know, it's, it's actual kind of coordination. It's, it's really cool. It's really great. Um, uh, and I'm interested to see how the story wraps up because I think they've, they've handled a, a lot of the, uh, a lot of it really well. Uh, yeah. And the only kind of non game pass thing that I played this week was I played Metroid Dread, um, which I'm only about an hour into. It seems like a very slick Metroid game. I don't have a whole lot else to say about it just yet. Looks nice, runs nice, sounds nice. Got the spooky atmosphere down. Um, I've had one encounter with the fucking like Michael Myers robots that just can't be killed and just <laughs> just follow you and can't be be defeated. They're really cool. Those sections are really uh, uh, interesting. They feel a little bit dynamic because there's like multiple ways they can play out. Um, oh. It's cool. I'm, I'm I'm too early to really uh, to really uh, d- 
delve too much into it. I have not even got the morph ball yet, so I'm super early. Oh my god! So we're early, we're early days yet, but um, yeah, it's really neat. It's really neat. Um, yeah, and that's my uh, those are my games for the week. Um, Very nice. And I think unless we we don't have any features, I think we can jump into wrestling this week, can't we? We can. Okay. Uh, so, what did we have this week on Dynamite? Um, I'm actually struggling to remember what was on Dynamite this week. <laughs> uh, we had Andrade versus Cody, which was fantastic, I thought. Andrade's really stepped it up yeah. since his, his early days with the company where he really flattered to deceive. Now he's really impressing. He's, he's finding his fate. Yeah. yeah. If him. only he could... Um, Get a little bit more passion into his promos, mm. which I like. I under, I totally understand the language thing, but even so, he can do a bit of Spanish. Just get a bit of fire into those promos. His promos are very, very slow and mm. very okay. I I don't quite understand the the emotional context of what's happening on this wrestling show. Um, so a little bit more of that would be great. Um, but that match was quite good. Um, even though we got a little bit of a uh, little bit of a uh, an interference and a bit of a schmoz. The yeah. the, the old uh, remember in Dynamite every two weeks used to end in a big everyone in the company runs out and they all fight. Yeah, this is like a throwback to that. I, I, they took a break for a while, so I'll give them that much. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm not complaining. About yeah. It. Um. Yeah, that that's interesting. I I guess they're going to do a tag at the pay per view. Um, Andrade and uh, Black versus Cody and who? Pack. Pack. That would be it. Yeah, that'd be it. That pay per view is getting stuffed. It looks great, but it's getting stuffed as they always are with AEW. I feel. Yeah. Um. I did like the FTR interference in that. You had no idea they were there until they were literally hitting Cody in the face with a belt. Yeah, that was nice. So I don't know what are they doing there. But then I, I felt like, even though I, I thought the first time they did it, I thought it was clever where MJF was doing the whole payoff thing with uh, Andrade. This time around, I thought it was a little too cute, where he's like, right, the, the deal was you get them for two weeks and you pay me the money. Oh, the what? The Robert De Niro's? De Niro? Oh, yeah. That was like, it was all lame. a bit like, all right, come on now. Let's, yeah, that was lame. You already explained that you don't need to do the second thing where you explain again. Especially because it's not a complicated uh, concept. No, we got it. We got it. And it was done worse, which is unfortunate. Um, we had Miro stepping in for uh, Moxie. We didn't even talk about John Moxie. And the, uh, the, oh, because I, I, I forgot to mention, I've been reading his book this week. Oh, oh, really? How is Mox. it? It's it's very good. I'm about two thirds the way through it. It's a it's a little bit all over the place. It's obviously not um, not ghost written, um, but in a good way because it it definitely feels very authentic and feels like you can you can hear him doing it in his promo voice reading reading out the book to you. Like a a um, audio book would be absolutely tremendous, but it also feels very fragmented and like. He wrote this bit in a hotel and then wrote this bit there because it, it'll be like, uh, it, it's very non-linear. You'll have one chapter about him, his life in CZW. And then the next one is, here's what I'm doing in AW. And then the next one is, oh, back in 
uh, HWA, and then he's in developmental, and then he's in WWE, and it's 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 all a bit over the place. Um, but it's very enjoyable. It's a, it's a very easy read. He 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 goes on many many tangents that are all very entertaining. That being said, he does sometimes like set up a story and then end up telling a different story. Okay. And you never get to pay off to the the story that's being set up in the first place. But it's it's very conversational and very um, like I say, very authentic. As a result, that's how it comes off. It is it's a very entertaining book. He's uh, he's a very entertaining guy. Um, and so yeah, when we got the news, then. I think it was a day after I started reading the book. We got the news that he yeah. he's gone into rehab or some kind of rehabilitation uh, in center <coughs> clinic uh, for alcohol addiction. So you know, best wishes to him. And it's always the uh, always the toughest thing to acknowledge that there's a problem. And but the as CM Punk said, the unre- he said in, in in a roundabout way, the the most courageous thing is to. Uh, to acknowledge the problem and then take take the first steps to remedy it. So, hopefully, um, all will be well with him and his his lovely little family. He's got yeah. Hopefully, yeah. It was uh, pretty surprising. Yeah. Pretty surprising. Yeah. Although that being said, reading the book uh, after that news having come out, there's many references to his his uh, drinking and drugging over the years. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, more so, like drinking. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the stories do kind of either begin or or, or get around to. Uh, and then there's this bar that I like, and then I was having this match, so I bought whiskey to have after the match. And there's a lot of that in it. Um, but he, I don't know that he, he necessarily gives up. I think in like the opening chapter, he makes reference in an offhand way to like I'm a borderline alcoholic. Da, da, da. But it never really, he never really talks about it ever becoming a problem. But obviously, something happened. Uh, not necessarily something happened, but like it got to a point where it, it became that. Um, but yeah, so that meant for for you know obviously for, from us as fans, selfishly that meant that he was out mm. of the uh, the tournament. But damn it, if they didn't get the best replacement available with big old Miro, yes. <clears throat> God's favorite champion, and they had a although great promo where he was like. Oh yeah, I, I, oh God, hmm? God, are we are we cool again? And it was so perfect because it was like I I I feel in my gut that Brian will still win the pay per view match, um, and and then Miro is going to be why must you toy with me, God? Why I can't wait for that. Yeah. It's going to be great. I mean, yeah. On, on one hand, sorry, Joe, go ahead. No, it's so tremendous. Yeah. That's where he says. I think he can play off a loss really well with this gimmick. Is is the great thing. It doesn't damage him too much. That's what I was thinking. I was well. Initially, my reaction was, "Oh, that's. Do, are they really going to give him another loss so soon?" And I was kind of reserved about it. But then, as I got more thinking about it, I thought, "Yeah, you, this can kind of be the catalyst for him to kind of snap or or whatever the next step in that story needs to be." Um, this can be the catalyst that leads to that, and then whatever comes comes out of it. We can get to it. Also, we'll get a banging match with him and Brian Danielson. Um, yeah, there was really no question he was going to beat Orange Cassidy, right? <laughs> and he did. Although I still have, I don't like when he does the uh, he does the accolade where he like lies back. Yeah, uh, you fucking camel clutch break their back, make him humble. Not 
go, you're going to do the Calvin Clutch, and then you just lie back and he's lying on it. it, it it's like the old John Cena STF, where it's like, it doesn't look like there's any pressure on the guy. It doesn't look like it hurts. Yeah. Give him the fucking, give him the accolade the way you used to it, brother. And just put a bit of extra stank on it. That's how it's got to be. But I do love Miro. Aside from that, I love Miro. And uh, he did get the victory. We had a um, great match. Very good match. We obviously had the uh, the, um, the, 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 the 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 CM Punk promo that led to what we got on Rampage. We won't jump ahead just yet, but we had CM Punk promo where he talked about that Kingston wasn't there. Uh, Kenny, o- <laughs> they trolled us by doing Kenny Omega Allen Angels again. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was cute. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> uh, they had him kick out of the V trigger again. Like he, okay, he's a bit more established now. Anyway, yeah, so it made more sense. Wasn't so, yeah, wasn't so egregious. Uh, that was a nice little match too. It was, although I I don't like him not wearing the mask. I got used to him wearing the mask. Now he doesn't wear the mask anymore. Yeah, I've just to be honest, I've just never been in alignment with the Dark Order stuff. It's just you know. Listen, I like, I like, I, 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 I'm, I'm very torn on Johnny Hungy. Do you know what I mean? Oh no, Joe, we, we've, we've been through this before. He's, he's having yeah. a go with Johnny. Yeah, I'm not having a go. I'm just torn on him. He had a great match this week. Johnny Hungy is very popular with, with the misses. She loves yeah. the little Johnny Hungy. Budge. Yeah, Barry, Barry. I must say, is coming off as quite a budge here. <laughs> oh, he's coming off like a budge. Fuck off. Budge Murphy. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had the return of Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. Mm. We had a big old, big old brawl. Hit the concerto on uh, on Cole, which uh, yeah, does. I, even though you know it's a long established move, I always thought a concerto was kind of a heel move. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how how I feel about uh, beloved. Outwork everyone and fight from the bottom. Babyface Christian Cage is is like maiming a man. No, man's yeah, because it's that's what it is. It's like maiming. It's like <laughs> fucking brutalizing someone. Yeah, that's it. Okay, fair enough. They they beat up Christian, took him out for a few weeks. It's revenge. Fair enough, but don't be doing it too much. It's a bit of a bit of a jerk move. And then we come to the the back to back two worst segments on the show. Go on. So we had uh, FTR defending the Triple A. Tag team championships against personal Lucha Underground favorite of mine, Aerostar. Yes. And uh, Samurai Del Sol, the former Kalisto, mm. who who Ryback saved from death. Oh, yeah. That's one of his most notable career moments. Yeah. Um, my God. We, we, we did not get the Aerostar that we got in Lucha Underground. I'll say that much. Maybe he benefited from, from editing back in the day. He was so bad. He was constantly two steps behind everyone else yeah all his all his offense took forever to set up um terrible match a stinker i would call it i i didn't think it was a stinker but i there was a lot of moments yeah where it was like oh you're not it's just it's just like a step below where it's supposed to be you know i didn't enjoy it at all i thought kalisto and but more so aerostar Came off like when they brought in Hooventude that one time. That's what Aerostar felt like. Wow. Just not not doing it at all. Um and then we had Inner Circle picking their America top team opponents. Oh god, yeah. I was wondering what the other I forgot I actually forgot about Dynamite. I've been I guess so busy this week. How did I forget yeah. about this? Jesus. 
Oh, anyway, which one of you fat gay slags wants to be in our matching <laughs> full gear? Oh my oh. god, Jericho. Like in the same week, in the same week when we had Punk and Kingston, which we're not gonna get to just yet. But to have oh that material is just so fucking old. And I tell you what else, right? <laughs> I think Dan Lambert has been tremendous. I liked him in yeah. Impact. I liked him in a little bit of MLW I saw. I've liked him so far in AEW. But I tell you what, it's not great. Is now his role is just to come out and say, Hello, I'm Dan Lambert. Boy, I hope you don't chant fat face dipshit at me. Like he's <laughs> he comes out and his thing now is just to say, please don't do that chant at me. And it's like, oh well, that's nowhere near as fun as what you were doing, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, I did yeah. like when he said, my, my face isn't even that fat. Uh, that was I mean, it is, but, you know. <laughs> it's a little bit it's, a, it's, it's also um, Jericho saying this to you, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think the problem is more so on the Jericho side. Oh, I just think he... Yeah. he, he he's, he's trying to relive the, the glory days, but, my God, he's so unfunny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just it's just a bit passe, I guess, yeah. is what it is. But uh, anyway, um, and then we had a a crazy brawl with uh, between MJF and Darby Allen, where Darby Allen hit the best clothesline I've ever seen. Hmm. He took a a thirty yard run up through the crowd as the camera followed, and hit a wicked clothesline on MJF over the crowd barricade. My God, absolutely tremendous. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we already covered the Cody match. Uh, what else was there? The T- what was the TBS match on this show? Oh, and Anna uh, Jay versus Jamie Hader. Mm. <laughs> sometimes Anna Jay has a really good one, and sometimes she very much does not. Yeah, and then we had. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, harp on the, on the uh, the women because God knows they go through enough shite in the wrestling business. Uh, but Red Velvet and the Bunny wasn't much better. No, but I was, but it was better. I'll say that much. I thought it was okay, um, per the standards of the Bunny, because I'm sick of seeing the Bunny. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad Red Velvet won. I'll say that much. Um, Red Velvet won with they brought back the Overdrive. Yes, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god! Fucking default from SmackDown. Shut your mouth. Finish. Oh God! <laughs> Former of Randy Orton, an MVP, an MVP, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's going to be Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. Yeah, Red Velvet and the Bully. The Bully. Wow, that's a different person. <laughs> well, according to WrestlingObserver.com, Red Velvet and the Bunny went three minutes and thirty-four seconds. What's this? A Queen of the Rings? Oh, that's um. Yeah, so that was on Rampage. Also on Rampage, we had um, uh, Bowens versus Daniel Bryan, which I thought was an interesting little match to make. Um, I thought Max Caster's rap was very good. Uh, Really fantastic. Um, Bryan has such a funny, stupid face. Your father-in-law was a great Bryan has such a stupid face. He just stands there with his silly little fucking face on him. (laughs) He's getting battle-rapped against... Um, and the match was fun, you know, it wasn't wasn't amazing, but it was all right. 
Uh, and we, of course, did got talk of the town. The real thing we're here to chat about the Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk uh, segment, uh, which was certainly one of the realest feeling uh, uh, promo segments in recent memory that I can think of. Yeah, and um, actually presented a bit of a an extra dimension to Punk beyond just the the waving and bowing and diving and the. I'm I'm happy to be here, Punk. You know, it was like actually remember that CM Punk's a bit of an arsehole. Yeah, remember that. Remember he was a bit of an arsehole for the last like 20 years. Actually, yeah. So I liked I liked that kind of yeah. Eddie 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 Kingston bringing the goods again, kind of bringing out that dimension in in everyone else. Um, oh oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Very good. No one wants you here. They won't tell you, but I'll tell you. Oh, it's great. Yeah, okay. I love the. I, yeah, I love the uh, working into storyline of the of the long uh, implied but rarely talked about on television thing of just no one liking CM Punk and <laughs> thinking he's a dickhead and you know uh, I was great. That's gonna be. I can't wait for that match. That's gonna be one of the most heated matches on the pay per view. I think. Um, mm. Yeah, and this this is how you take a feud from literally non-existing <laughs> to the best feud in one week yeah oh yeah wow that's how you do it they make it look so easy um <laughs> well when you have talent and you let the talent use their talents yeah that's why when, when, when it's cm punk and eddie kingston it basically writes itself you know yeah this guy eddie kingston's all about having fun michael <laughs> oh god could you imagine <laughs> um what was the rampage main event Adam Cole and Johnny Hungy. Oh, yes. Baby! <coughs> little, little, little Hungy. It was great. It was a good match. It was, it was really good. Little Hungy. What? He's tiny. What? He's tiny even next to Adam Cole. I've seen his arms, brother. Yeah, I've seen bigger. <laughs> I don't know where you're seeing them going down the gym, scoping up there. The arms, mirror, right? brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that weedy thing. <laughs> Last time I saw the arms, I thought they were hanging out of a nest. From what are you watching the rampage main event again? Oh, Adam Cole did it. Now John Silver is is great. Yeah, he's good. I like him. He's great. He's great. He came out pumping his arms. He he did the, <laughs> the Adam Cole pose, but said budge. Oh, great. Um, they did the uh. They, the the kiss spot and Adam Cole went ah which so that was good uh, and then Adam Cole won with that awful awful finisher he does uh, yeah yeah you got two bad finishes on this show we had Adam Cole with his slap the knee and the overdrive okay. yeah I hate the slap the knee I hate it um, he lowered the boom as they call it uh, although Brian Dyson I think is this the first time he's He's reused the finish since he came to AW. Uh, like yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, have to happen eventually. You know, you can only get so cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the pay per view card is looking pretty stuffed. We'll do a. Pro- uh, I was about to say we'll do a proper preview, but next week it'll be review week, and I won't be here. So, um, so let's bring it up quickly now. Uh, yeah. I think it is. I think it is locked in anyway in terms of everything on it. Uh, uh, well, there's eight, there's eight matches according to Wikipedia. You have Christian Cage and Jurassic Express versus the Super Click in a False Count Anywhere match. Yeah, I was kind of surprised they made that a False Count, but I feel like they have also wrestled each other a lot, so they had to do something. 
Um, yeah, but also it feels like we we kind of got that in a sense in the big brawl they had the last day. Mm. You know, it, it's I, I, maybe maybe that's what they wanted to. Do. Maybe that's the preview for the match. But I don't oh know yeah, yeah, saying. they did that stuff. Yeah. Uh, CM Punk, Eddie Kingston, of course. Movie tremendous, of course, yeah. Darby Allen, MJF. Yeah, should be good. Singles match. Uh, Lucha Brothers versus FTR. Uh, AW World Tag Championship. Yeah. Um, last match was a joke match. Uh, mix, very mixed results on uh, FTR working luchadoras. Um, as great as Phoenix is, every now and then you get a Lucha Brothers match where they are absolutely, positively not on the same page as their opponents, and yeah. it goes, it, it, it gets messy. They're both great teams. It could, it could be a banger, but I'm, I, it'd probably be near the bottom of my anticipation for. I feel like we've not seen as much Lucha Bros as we should have since they won the titles. They've been kind of pushed to the background a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Um. They came. They ran out on dynamite, and they're absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, uh, what was Pentagon wearing? He was wearing. What was the name of the t-shirt shop in the uh, Tim Robinson? Oh, fucking show? yeah! I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, I know what you're saying. He looked like he was wearing uh, one of those colorful shirts from there. He looked mad. Um, Inner Circle versus Men of the Year. That'll be the. Ooh, suddenly my bladder and <laughs> rectum are full, boys. Go <laughs> Your rectum is full. Where are you? Where are you stored in there? <laughs> oh, sorry, colon. Your colon. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, I, know, I have to go to the hospital, boys. <laughs> <laughs> this foray into homosexuality was not what I thought it was going to be. Um. We got Brian Dyson and Miro in the final. I can't wait. When I when he first came in, I was like, he should beat Miro for the TNT title, um, which I still think would have been a better outcome. Than oh well, we you know, know how we all feel about that. Um, but uh, that oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. Uh, Britt Baker versus Tay Conti for the women's title. Another one that just kind of feels kind of yeah, that's that thrown together a little bit. That has dynamite match written all over it. I mean, I, I like I, the timing of it made sense, but I can't believe they did Ruby at Dynamite and they're doing Tay Conti on pay per view. And I like Tay Conti, but it's just where's where she been? Where's she been? She she like she basically is top contender solely based on dark wins, as best I can tell. Um, yeah, for, for how many pay per views they do a year. We can build up the matches a bit more than yeah. that. Like even Punk Kingston, as I was saying, as good as the thing was, like where was this three weeks ago? Like we, I don't feel like we've been building to it slowly. Mm. Whereas you, for Derby, MJF, Christian, and Jurassic Express, Super Click, Inner Circle, Men of the Year, they've all been built to for better or worse. Mm. Um, and then the the perfect example of that Kenny Omega Hangman in the main event. Well, yeah, that's your that's your big. Uh mover um yeah uh i listen i i think it's been more or less great even not being into the kenny stuff i think the the overall story works and the people are ready for hangman and the match should be great their last match was great you know so it was uh yeah and then final thing for the week wwe Oh, every, why would you work for wwe <laughs> as a wrestler in 2021 yeah the contract offer comes in I don't understand. They they are a mad company. 
Yeah, lots of uh, yeah, some real some real odd decisions here. Um, in the midst of, the, I mean, well, like I kind of want to say that like carrying cross was like an odd decision, but also at the same time, it's like well, they absolutely balls it up as much as humanly possible, and that specific brand of ballsing it up, where you can tell Vince doesn't care or no one important is pulling for him. Um, you know, they wouldn't be putting that stupid fucking outfit on him if they gave a shit, you know. So it's kind of like shocking because they just debuted him, but also like, hey, you know, it makes sense based on what they were doing with him. Uh, by that uh, uh, same token, Keith Lee, you kind of go, oh my God, why he's fucking Keith Lee? He's fantastic. And they he, he was on Rob. It's like, yeah, but it was every week. It was, here's a new outfit. Here's a new song. Here's a new name. Uh, you know, um, that is that is classic, you know, we don't really believe in you type stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I hope they go. I hope they go wherever they are welcome. Uh, uh, I hope. I, I imagine Carrie and Cross would probably be able to walk back into Impact with fairly uh, a pretty pretty sizable amount of confidence. Him and Scarlett. Scarlett also gone as well. Mm. Um, didn't even try to do Scarlett and Carrie and Cross together on the main roster. Didn't even bother. Just oh my god. Which really brings you back to what is the point of NXT? Yes. Yeah. What's the point of it? They're, they're, like, fair enough, it was whatever, Triple H. Triple H is a vanity project. But even in its existence as their sole developmental system, surely that's where you try out. Try out the new gear. Try out the new song. You know, rather than, you know, they, they develop Carrion Cross as the example. To be this specific thing, he's got a he's got a, an elaborate entrance with Scarlet. He has this style, and then they're like, "Yeah, but sexy gladiator." Mm. And then he's starting from zero again, and he doesn't know what he's doing. It's because Vince Vince doesn't watch NXT. Maybe that's ba- that's the problem. I know that's the problem. <laughs> so he's not seeing all these gimmicks. He's seeing this guy and going, "Yeah, he needs a gimmick. <laughs> Get rid. I don't know what he's doing now. Get him a gimmick. Get him a red leather thing." And um, it doesn't work, and he loses interest and. Um, yeah, but the, go on, Paul. Even from a business point of view, that's a massive issue, surely. Well, they're making lots of money. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying they're making money, but it's like, yeah, what can they do that would affect their TV licensing deals? That's it's hard it. to imagine. Anyone they can let go, any, they can get rid of Reigns, they can get rid of Lesnar, yeah. they could get rid of Orton. It ain't going to make that much difference to the. And I understand that. You know, it's it's not historically unheard of that, like, when they had OVW, for example, they would bring up Leviathan and turn him into Deacon Batista. And then, you know, he would go on to be a star. Um, But I just can't, fr- from, from working in business, and like I, I said before, the job that I work in now is very collaborative and very enjoyable. It's like, why? And I, I, okay, we know what Vince is like, but even so, why isn't there like more cohesion between mm. developmental and what their, their, their main roster product is or mm. like you used to hear stories of the people going down to developmental to scout out the talent, and this and that. Now it seems like they do a draft, they do call-ups, they fucking, they throw a dart at a dartboard and it lands on hit row. Mm. All right, call them up. And then within a week, one of them is released. Like there's no long term strategy there whatsoever. Yeah, the the, the hit row uh, B fab from 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 hit row um, 
that's kind of one of the more interesting ones because like Keith Lee and Karrion Cross, they were at least Triple H era projects, right? And Karrion Cross, especially, he's such a Triple H guy, you can just tell from the from the look of him the way he carries himself. But B Fab is like she was on the first episode of NXT uh 2.0. She's this completely new, fresh character. Um, uh, you know, would look great on television, and obviously, like again, this is how it's impossible to really figure things out in in WWE because you're just you're not a 100 year old billionaire. Uh, but it's like she like like that is on SmackDown. They all are hit, you know, hit road. They're all put on there, and then like that again, just as fast, she's out the door. And it's like talk about like how, that can't be like that's gotta mess you up psychologically. To you're in fucking you're in this tiny two hundred person building uh, uh, under the auspices of basically being a trainee. Then next thing you know, you're on prime time in Fox. Then the next thing you're fired. Do you know what I mean? I mean it's just <laughs> I mean, it's so exactly. zero to sixty. And and again, where's the logic? Because that's not she wasn't some as best as best I can tell, just as an, you know, she didn't seem like some Triple H project. She seems like someone the company as a whole was into, and then until all of a sudden they're not. It's just it's just really bizarre. Um, and uh, another one, uh, Nia Jax. I would have thought of Nia Jax as a lifer, um, reg- regardless of her or what you make of her, her as a performer. It seemed like she was there for ages. They constantly went back to her. She was someone who every couple of months she would at least be a challenger you know what i mean she was the constant new baby face champion would have to face nia jacks on pay-per-view type thing uh mm-hmm. you know company woman and all this other stuff who really went to bat for them crazy and then she came out and said that she was on she was currently on a mental health leave she asked for more leave and they fired her like that was her statement on instagram i mean how even by wwe standards that that was pretty cold um uh yeah so um yeah i agree that's the that's the only one i thought was a genuine surprise i mean lee and um the others they kind of should have made it but you kind of see well look they weren't going to and they fucked it up so of course just get rid of them but yeah nia jacks i thought she was one of those kind of protected um protected breed mm. that uh, they wouldn't get rid of so i was surprised by that but uh, you never know Maybe they just get fed up with people now it's really mad. And, and to be fair, back to my point about like why would you hire or why would you sign for WWE? Obviously they've they've changed their 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 skew to not hiring wrestlers and instead developing like you know f- f- former college football people mm. and stuff to be wrestlers. So I guess there's a little bit of like the not knowing what you're getting into to an extent. But um it just seems like such a weird precedent to set that's like you come in We'll develop you, maybe fire you just on a whim, and then you're fucked, especially as we saw with uh, Katarina. Uh, if you're on a visa, f- too bad. Uh, <laughs> move back to where you came from and sell all your shit. Uh, it's such a very... And I, I, at the same time, you know, business is is cruel. And business can be soulless, but like for a company that on one hand will do this and on the other hand will be like, philanthropy is the future of marketing da, 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 yeah. and and push their Susan B. Komen and their Be A Star and their all this is very transparent and I, I just I just don't like their, their business practice at all. I understand that they, they went into a, a mad hiring spree and hired way too many people, mm. but it just seems like, especially the Nia Jack situation, you have someone who's on mental health leave 
And, you know, on this show, we've not been no. super, you know, behind Nia Jax at any point, but I think that is just exceptionally cruel. And how can people working there see these releases and be of a positive morale mm. at all? I don't understand. The only, literally, the only benefit I, I could see of working there is the money and literally nothing else. Because it sounds like a horrible job. You're constantly on the road. Fair enough, during the COVID, no. But const- you're constantly on the road. You get the little high of having your match and perform in front of people, and then you're on the road again. You get paid well for it if you're if you're you know on the main roster, etc. But like, it seems like there's so much, especially again reading Moxley's book. And I know that Moxley and and Punk and the like have a very specific viewpoint of WWE. Mm. But it seems like there's so much mind fuckery in the backstage. Who was it? Um, Trinity, former TNA women's wrestler trinity was like yeah i signed for WWE and went into locker room and all the women just chucked me stuff out of the room yeah and it, it, it's very uni- uh college hazing weird mindset like i don't know why you would work there it seems completely mad yeah yeah um so yeah, that's a yeah fairly uh, fairly brutal. Uh, uh, there was more names, obviously. I'm sure <laughs> at, at this stage, I'm sure most people have read them. Um, uh, but yeah, okay. uh, and their TV shows are rubbish. There's also <laughs> that. Yeah, there's also that. <laughs> like fair enough if you are creatively fulfilled. It's funny the thing you were saying there about the the schedule. I saw Kevin Owens tweeting there that he was uh, doing something like one of the England locations on on Saturday, and then flying to Raw in Louisville on Monday. I'm like, what? Fuck! They couldn't have put you on an earlier episode of the UK tour. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's the that's your WWE update. Uh, best of luck to all uh, all those folks. I feel like there's still actually a, a decent amount of people from the previous round who haven't even shown up elsewhere. Uh, fucking hell, I feel like we're going to be waiting until 2050 for Braun Strowman to to show up somewhere. He just like constantly is. It, it, there's constant talk of impact. I feel like what's happening is he. He kind of realizes, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to go and do Impact because no one is on me. Then he gets cold feet and hopes that the stories being out there means someone else will make a play. And then it, do- and then yeah. it doesn't happen. So then the story goes like, well, he's going to go to Impact. It's just like, oh, accept it, pal. Accept it. And Bray as well, of course. Um, anyway, uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the show. Uh, next week, the lads will be back. Uh, or if they want to do a Monday show, I will join them. But we, you'll, we'll find out in due course. Uh, full gear. Uh, maybe Paul will have some GTA San Andreas t- uh, takes. Um, and uh, yeah, all, all. I've never played it, so there'll be new takes. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you make. I'm also. It's, it's out in like uh, six days. They have not shown a second of gameplay of it. Uh, so we <laughs> will find out together what they are actually doing to those remasters. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you folks for listening. Chairshoppodcast.com if you want to pop us an email and reach out. And uh, we'll be back next week with another show. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. Bye from Joe. Goodbye. <laughs>